The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We're glad to have you with us today and we're going to continue to talk about the topic of spiritual healing. And in the room with us today is, is Vinny. Hello, Vinny. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing good, buddy. And, and we've got Robbie. It's great to be here. You look like you're a little tired, Robbie. You okay today? Oh, yeah. Doing good. Yeah. And then we have Al. Hello, Al. Hello, Sam. <laughs> and of course, I'm here. And so we're going to be talking about this topic of spiritual healing. And we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks. And last week, we really focused on agreements. And this time, we're going to focus on what's called vows. And really, it's sometimes hard to differentiate between those two. But an agreement is something that I typically make in a situation, right? And, and it can become a vow. For example, somebody um, isn't there for me when I, I need them for something, and that's a situational thing. And it's true, they weren't there. But then you can make a vow that no one's ever going to be there for me. So let me ask you a question on that. So some, something happens, and the enemy kind of gets in our ear and gets us to make an agreement, you know, kind of spin it in a negative way and we agree with it. And a vow is where we just hold that as a complete truth? We hold that as a complete truth and really a filter at which we look through life. You know, probably the best example of that, and it doesn't really play out on the radio well, it's from the movie The Kid. You know, we have this little boy that at some point, and if you haven't seen The Kid, it's, it's a great movie, and it's all about the masculine journey, but this little boy in an interaction with his dad is being told, you know, don't cry, grow up will you just grow up? And so he, he makes his vow that men don't cry and I'm not going to cry in any situation. And he gets a very calloused heart through that. You know, he just cuts off all of his emotion. And so, yes, there's an event, there's an agreement, but then there's this, this vow of which I'm going to live life through. Does that help? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Some of the other ones you can have is, um, again, feeling abandonment or I'm always going to be on my own, that type of thing, or, or maybe... I've outlived my usefulness. And so yeah. that's really going to take us to a clip. And this clip is from um, Secondhand Lions. And in this movie, if you haven't seen it, you have Walter, who's a young preteen, almost teenage kid. And he goes to live with two old uncles that he's never really met. And they really don't know him and, and how their lives kind, to, kind of intertwine and how God uses them in each other's lives. And, and in this, you have... Uh, one of the uncles, Hub, who had been just this real man's man. He'd been brave in battle. He'd led wars. He'd done lots of different things. And now he's entering the twilight years of his life. And he's just really questioning, you know, what next or, or what's in store for me at the moment. And we pick up the story. Hub's just gotten out of the hospital. He's with um, the other uncle. I can't remember his name at the moment. And then Walter. And they're on their way back from the hospital because Hub had had a heart attack. And we kind of pick up the story there. And there's a transition in the middle of it from one part of the story to another part of the story in a conversation with Walter and Hub. Hospital, a lot of good they are. How would you know? You're never in one long enough to find out. Hey, Mr. Turn. Did not. Home is that way. I want to go this way. Brother, someday 
You're going to have to start acting your age. Does that mean? All your life, you've never been frightened of anything. So what's eating at you now? Getting old? Dying? What then? Being useless. When we were young, there was always a reason. There was a point. Things made sense. Now there's no point to anything. So what do we do? We garden. We outlived our time, brother. When are you going to give me the rest of the speech? You're almost a man. You promise? Wait one minute here, wait. I can't be a good man until you give me the rest of the speech, right? Wait, so see. you need to stick around until I'm old enough to hear the whole thing. I see what you're trying to pull here. No, you have to stick around no, until I'll I'm write, old I'll enough to down. hear the speech. No, I, I want you to give me the speech. You won't be living here then. You're my uncle. I need you to stick around and be my uncle. What about Uncle Garth? He needs you. And what about the dogs and, and, and the pig and the lion? We all need you. I need you. No, you're just being silly. No, it's you're true. It's true. That uh, In that scene, Vinny, you have a, a, a man that's in the twilight of his life, and certain things happen, and he starts to feel as though he's lost some usefulness. And I know we kind of went through some of that this past year, didn't we? Oh, we sure did. Which one? Well, <laughs> either one you want to share. Yeah, okay. Uh, I made a vow. Let me tell you a story, okay, Sam, if That's I fine. may. Yep. Uh, the greatest vow I think that I ever made in my life uh, was many, many years ago when I first met my wife, who had two children. And I picked her up. You all know that story. We went out and took the kids for a ride and I didn't realize what I was getting myself into you know at first it was lust my wife she was gorgeous then I realized hey wait a second here I got two kids in this car uh, is this what I want I had everything I wanted her but she came with a package. And I had to make a vow, and I did. While we were driving to the beach, I made a vow. I will take care of them as if they were mine. And Sam, believe it or not, I didn't. I kept that vow. Uh, I raised them as mine. They never knew any father but me. Uh, and it's a vow that I'm proud of. Proud of my children. Uh, but I'm proud of myself. And that the Heavenly Father gave me the strength to keep this vow. Because it was tough. Mm -hmm. You know, it's tough. Uh, you know, people make vows for a lot of reasons. That's right. Lots of reasons, and that was the first vow I can honestly say that I made and and probably kept. You know, I've kept most of my vows, but after time, I had to go through life. But them, my kids, I kept that vow, and I keep it to this day. Uh, they come above anything. And I think there are times, Vinny, thank you, that 
the vows can serve a very positive purpose. And that's what's confusing about it, because sometimes they're very good, and sometimes we'll put some vows in place that feel like they're protecting us. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But in this last year, Vinny, you had a another vow because some physical situations changed for you, and it oh, kind of affected how you felt about coming here, didn't it? That's exactly right. I <clears throat> It happened so fast, I don't know what hit me. I went blind and, uh, you know, just was terrible. What do I do now? I'm no friends. I can't drive. I can't do anything. And I sort of cried in my uh, teacup. And uh, my fellow's brothers over here, Sam, Ravi, and Hal, they picked me up. I think in my heart, you know, maybe Sam's looking for me to say, Uh, that I vowed to be part of their ministry. In my heart, you know what it really is, guys? I think you guys made a vow to take care of me. And you have taken care of me. That I keep coming, I'm happy to come, and I'm happy to be a part of the ministry. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the most important thing in my life now mm-hmm. is this ministry. What can I do as a person that can't see, but I have these three wonderful men that keep pushing me. You have a purpose. And this is their vow. And guys, I want to thank you for that because you keep me, you really do keep me uh I don't know how to say it, balanced. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Vinny. I know that, uh, you know, as we talk about this topic, there's there's vows that definitely lead to some good fruit. You know, marriage vow, for example. And, you know, we do have a, a vow amongst us to go after one another if, if something's going wrong. But then there's also some negative vows that the enemy uses. And one of the ones that he used on you is this this lens that you look through life and said, I'm, I, because I'm blind, I don't have any more use. Right? And I have nothing to offer the ministry, which was the furthest from the truth. That's right. You know, uh, a lot of the greatest things that you've ever taught us has come in this last year, not that you hadn't before, but the blindness has not slowed you down at all. And the enemy wanted to come after you to make this vow so that he could take you out and really take us out in the midst of it. That's You see, guys, that's why he's uh, sort of the leader. (laughs) Well, this is this is. uh, I thank you, Sam, for that. You know, sometimes I just can't think of the things that I want to say. I there's so much that I want to say in reference to uh, vows, because vows are very, very important, Uh, and you can't give up because the Lord just keeps on pushing you, picking you up like you guys have picked me up. And I, and I think that's a great thing that you see both in the clip with Walter pushing his uncle mm-hmm. and, of course, you know, Al going to pick up Vinny, however that works, you know, that <clears throat> God sends people to rescue us from our own words. And the, and the interesting thing to me that I keep coming back to on the vows and agreements both is, wow, God really honors us. 
he honors us so much that he takes us our words really almost more important than we take them. In other words, he's going to honor what you said, mm-hmm. and he's going to honor that vow, or or he's going to allow Satan his place to go after that vow if it's a bad thing, because those were your words, and that has value. A- and so it's interesting that he sends people like Walter or other people to put a pressure on us to say, wow, what's going on here that I need to look under the hood because obviously my lens is messed up and it may be a vow that I'm living under. That's right. And it probably started with an agreement that had some truth in it. And when we come back, we're going to find out where Walter and Hub land on this and see what happens and also talk about another way that we have to pony up and kind of enter in ourselves in the battle. Come back and join us. This is so exciting, Sam. We've got a men's night coming up for Masculine Journey Radio, both August 9th and the 30th. We do, and it's at the Kernersville Community House, and you can look that up online for directions or go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to get directions. But it's going to be a night where we actually record the show from there. You get to see some of the pre-show, some of the post-show, and really have some fellowship along with us. Come join the Band of Brothers, and it's free. August 9th and the 30th, 7.30 to 9 o'clock at the Kernersville Community House. There you go, in Kernersville. Masculine Journey Radio is listener-supported, and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site, and from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support, and Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Robbie, that, that sounds a little bit like a vow, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. She'll never fall in love again, or at least until tomorrow. I think it comes up later in the song. <laughs> so what did you do, Robbie? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you picked that. I burst her bubble. <laughs> <laughs> As we continue to talk about the, this topic of vows, it does kind of, because of the English language, it becomes kind of confusing. All right, there are some very good vows, and, and so there's, there's some things that even seem like a good vow that you can make that may not always produce good fruit. You know, growing up, and I know I've shared the story before, but my dad never made any ball games of mine, and even though he was in the same town, I think he made two the whole time I played. And um, not that he couldn't, he just didn't choose to. And so I made this vow, I was always going to attend my, my kid's stuff, and, that, that, and that's a good desire. The problem is that vow can become pressure, and if you don't make something, you can start to live under this shame or guilt or this feeling of not living up to something. And so even some of those good things, if we're not careful, can be used long-term to kind of take us to some bad places. I know that a lot of the vows that we talk about are ones where people put almost a barrier between themselves and something that's hurt them in the past. You know, um, I'm never going to let anyone get close to me, right? Because when I let people get close to me, I get hurt. That could be a vow. There's one I've been chasing for a while that I can't really just find where it's from yet is this whole feeling of abandonment that whenever I get really close to somebody, eventually they're just going to leave. You know, and, I, and I, I, know the, I know what the vow is. I haven't been able to break through it yet. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the segment of probably what I need to do in order to do that. But let's pick back up with uh, Walter and Hub. And where we left off, 
Hub was feeling pretty useless. Uh, he's in the twilight years of his life. He's the uncle, and here's Walter as the young nephew saying, hey, I need you. And something in Hub changes. And there's a perspective change. And listen to the life that starts to come to his voice when he starts to th- see things through the truth and not through the agreement and the vow that's been made. True. Being, it's really. true. But, but if you go, we'll miss you just as much. It's true. You win. I'll stick around to be a Don't expect me to be happy about it. Right? Deal? You're a good boy. Al, I didn't prep you for this question, which is pretty normal anymore. But when you listen to that, what do you really hear changing in Hub? Um, he had a wall up. He didn't love. And there's there's a part of his heart that is, when it's sequestered, I mean, it wasn't made for that. And, you know, it's kind of like the bricks just start popping out one by one to the point where you feel him walking through that wall. He didn't want to be that way anymore. And I, I I love that scene. I love that um, when we step out of those agreements and vows with our own family members. I mean, it's so important because we keep thinking that it's about the other person that vows against the other person, but it's about our heart. So much of it is about our heart. Right. Now, Robbie, as you listen to that, do you, do you hear the life start to come back to the uncle a little bit? Yeah, and actually he becomes encouraging, you know, you're a good boy, you know, and, and, he, and he begins to see what was in front of him. And, of course, we see that in our own lives mm-hmm. when, wow, I didn't realize what I'd been missing out on because that's what he really begins to experience was not only that he could help the young man, but in helping the young man, it made him feel great and useful that's a great point because so often I think these walls go up to protect our hearts. We think they do, but so often it robs our hearts of what we truly need and desire from the right person at the right time at God's time. Right. It's a mask that is part of the melting away that grace brings. It is. It is. And what, as you were saying earlier, Robbie, you know, God is active in this all the time. And sometimes he'll do that by sending someone or a group of people into our life to come after that vow, after that, that accepted agreement, that, that way I'm going to live my life and help tear down those walls. You know, God's orchestrating it, but, you know, he uses people to help him in that. And sometimes he'll allow us to kind of enter in that. And we're going to listen to a clip that's going to be a little confusing, I think. It's from the Lord of the Rings. It's from the Two Towers. And you have a character called Smeagol. And Smeagol is... He in his past he's he's killed somebody, he's been a thief, and he went and he lived on his own and he's kind of lived as if there's no one ever going to be there for me. I'm always going to be on my own and the only thing that I can really care about is this object, this ring that I'm chasing. And in this discussion, what's happened right before this, 
Smeagol's been spending some time with Frodo, who has shown him a lot of grace and kindness and really affection and understanding in the midst of it. And in this, this scene, what you're hearing is Smeagol talking to himself in a reflection. And listen to the, the dialogue that goes on internally for him. Because we hear those voices, I think, very similar from time to time. They stole it from us. Sneaky little witches. No. No. Master? Yes. Precious. False. They will cheat you, hurt you, lie. Master's my friend. You don't have any friends. Nobody likes you. Not listening. Not listening. You're a liar. And a thief. No. Go away! I hate you! I hate you! Where would you be without me? I saved us! It was me! We survived because of me! You know, I know that it's maybe hard to connect to that, but I want to share a little bit of a story with you that, you know, there are times that that, that wall that protects us, that thing that you know, allows us to get through life, maybe a wall of, I'm not going to be vulnerable to anybody. And the problem with not being vulnerable to anybody is it doesn't let anyone close to you and doesn't let life in. Now, there may be times that that protects us, and you can say, well, I I missed out on getting hurt here, getting hurt here, but when did you ever live life? When did you find joy? When did you find hope? And so that wall not only may protect you in some senses, but it chokes out the life. And you have Smeagol here that's fighting within himself saying, no, I, I'm going to step towards life. And Rob, you pointed out before the show that that's really because he's experienced some grace. Yeah, that's it. Frodo is a picture of grace to him. He's, for the first time, being accepted. He's being loved. He feels safe. And that safety is when we finally let people come close. And so it's, you know, it's like as we become more of what Jesus has for us, and he was full of grace, and we get safer and safer with the Lord that, that our masks start to melt off, that we can begin that process of seeing what vows we've got out there. Mm-hmm. And the, the mask coming off, that wall coming down, whatever you want to call it, is kind of a scary place sometimes because we've been so used to having whatever that is up to defend us. Oh, and Schmeagel does a good job there of saying, I saved you. It's, it's his mask talking to him. I'm the one who's protected you from all this hurt. But what he's really done is protected him from all his life. He is not being able to experience life with anybody. He's been out there alone in the daggum swamps, turning into a Schmeagel. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think what, well, Gollum is the, the bad character. Schmeagel is a good character. It's the oh, same sorry. person. But you're, turning you're into right. a Gollum. That's right. You're right. But I think that in J.R.R. Tolkien's way of writing, I mean, he is a Christian and he writes a lot about it. He's really writing a little bit here about the internal struggle that we fight against understanding truth and half-truths. I mean, the voice that was coming after Smeagol, the Gollum voice that's coming after him, is telling him truth. He was a murderer. He was a thief. But then he goes into no one likes you, no one, and and all these things that tries to make it become a vow and, and tries to take him back there and tries to take the life out of him. And that's what the enemy does. The enemy will take those half-truths and try to take us into 
agreement and step into vow and now I'm going to live my life as if this is the deepest truth about me or about other people. You know, and I, I like the battle that's fighting there of he's just saying, no, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen. And it may sound weak, but it's incredibly strong just not to listen to that voice that's been there a big part of your life sometimes. Yeah, and Walter does the same thing. He's saying, it's true, it's true. So you see this battle constantly between what's truth and and what's lie. But at the end of the day, if we believe the Bible and it tells us we have a new heart and it's a good heart, that on our worst day, we are an unbelievable child of God that, that will walk with him. And, and if we really begin to understand that, it's grace. Agreed. And if you don't, if you say, all right, where, where are you really seeing this in Scripture? Why would Paul write about killing the old self off, you know, killing the old man? Right? And it's that old way about us in our life, that old way that we handled stuff, that old nature, that, that sin nature that wants to try to battle in us. Paul writes about, I do things that I don't want to do. Right? I mean, you're talking about an internal struggle here. And what I want to do is kind of visit this real quickly where Smeagol kind of gets some freedom from it. And then we're going to come back and kind of talk about it a little bit more. Not anymore. What did you say? Master looks after us now. We don't need you. What? Leave now and never come back. You know, it's it just sounds so simple, but sometimes it is. Of just standing in that truth. Who's gonna take care of him, Robbie, in that clip? What did he say? There's a master, right? Right. Right. And when we understand the master's heart, our father's heart is good for us and we can live in that safety, we can say no to that false self. Now Robbie, before we as we wrap up as the music's playing, there's a Levitical principle that also needs to be talked about here real quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, that a father or a, hus- a betrothed husband or even a husband could break the vow that a wife made. And so once we've accepted Christ as our betrothed, then he can step in there and break these bad vows and break these bad agreements legally mm-hmm. and take Satan off or Gollum, as the case may be, off our back. That's right. And so as you're looking at these vows, you can ask God to kind of help you see where you've been living from the agreements to the vows. Listen to other people that God sends into your life fight the battle yourself and invite the husband and Jesus to fight for his bride. See you next week.